Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. So that's a good deal. So I'd like to thank my pastors for this opportunity. It's truly honorable that uh, they see that I can do something this way, and it's a great honor to be able to do this. So let's, uh, let's start by going to the book of Genesis. We're going to go to chapter 7. Uh, Brother Jim this morning kind of alluded to it about the windows of heaven. And during this, I'd say this last week or so when I knew I was going to be able to be up here, that was something that was on my heart, is the windows of heaven. Exactly what kind of blessing is the windows of heaven. So I want to read in here. We're going to start in, uh, verse, in chapter 7, verse 11. So in 600 year of Noah's life, in the, six, or in the second month and the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken open, and the windows of heaven were open, and the rain was upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And we skip down to verse 17. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lifted above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And all the high hills, you could also say mountains there, were under the whole heaven, were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the water prevail, and the mountains were covered. Let's go to chapter 8. Kind of give you an idea how much water was on the earth. We're going to start in verse 1 here. And God remembered Noah, and every living thing, and all the cattle, that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the, uh, the water subsided, or assuaged. The fountains also of the deep, and the windows of heavens were stopped, and the rains from the heavens were strained, and the waters returned from the, the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days of the water were abated, and the ark rested in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, upon the mountains of Arian. And the waters decreased continually in ten, uh, until the 10th month, and in the 10th month, on the first day of the month, we're at the top of the mountain scene. So I want, to see, I want you to see something here, what the windows of heaven can actually do. The windows of heaven poured out rain 40 days and 40 nights upon the earth. The windows of heaven flooded the earth so that the high hills were covered by water. In verse 20, it says 15 cubits upward. I'm kind of a math nerd, so I had to figure out what 15 cubits were about. So that equals roughly 22.5 feet of water. So all of the earth had 22.5 feet of water above the highest point. Now currently, for an example, the highest mountain from sea level is Mount Everest. Mount Everest is 29,029 feet above sea level. So let's go even deeper into my nerdisms here. DeSoto is 860 feet 
above sea level. So if you can get a picture of how much water, when you look up and see what it would take to be 29,000 feet up, that's how much water was above the earth. Some of us have to look up further than others. <laughs> so to me, it looks like 30,000 feet, but it's okay. In verse 19, it said the waters prevailed exceedingly. Well, I had to look that up, and uh, I looked at prevailed, and I looked up exceedingly. The word prevailed is a verb that is defined as to prove more powerful than opposing forces or to be widespread in a particular area at a particular time. The adverb exceedingly means extremely or to a great extent. So now we have an idea of what the windows of heaven can do. Let's go back to Malachi 3 now, and then let's read that verse. It'll be verse 10. Verse 10. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now here within, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there should not be a room enough to receive it. Here God is telling us to bring our tithe to the storehouse and is asking him to prove how much he wants to bless us. In my mind, I can actually see God sitting there and just saying, okay, bring your tithes. Let me see how much I can bless you. Let me show you how much I can bless you. Getting excited about it. Kind of like when you know that the kids at Christmas, there's that one present, and you know that they're going to like that present because they've been talking about it since last Christmas. <laughs> and you know that they're like, oh, we're going to get this. And that excitement builds up. I could see God the same way. He's getting excited. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so there's not enough room that we can receive them. He wants to bring a blessing to you that is so large that it could flood the earth. I don't know about you, but does anybody want the flooded blessing in their lives? Hallelujah. Well, some people might say, yeah, that sounds good and all. Does that really work? I mean, you just kind of explained how it would, but is that blessing going to work? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read verses 6 through 8. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you have all sufficiency in all things and may abound to every good work. If you look at this in the simplest form, if you break it down, if you sow, what's going to happen? You're going to reap. If you want to understand just how powerful the law of sowing and reaping is, I want you to consider this. The whole plan of redemption 
was based off of it. Let's go to chapter, let's go to John chapter 3. We're going to read verse 16 and 17. Very familiar. For God so loved the world that he gave. Again, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but the world through him might be saved. If you think about that, God gave one son, his only son, so that he could receive many sons and daughters into the kingdom. God used that system of sowing and reaping, and he sowed his best seed so that he could reap a harvest. He sowed Jesus so that he could reap a harvest. That harvest is you and me. And he is still reaping to this day on the seed that he planted whenever a person accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior. God trusts this system enough that he gave his best. He sowed Jesus for us. If God believes enough in that system you know that it will work for us. So say, say this with me. Father, Father I, bring my tithes and offerings to you. I bring my tithes and offerings to you. I want you to prove to me. I want you to open the windows of heaven for me. Bless me, Father, with more than enough. Overflow me with your blessings. Flood me with your blessings. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, if you want to be a part of sowing so that you may reap that harvest and see what the kingdom of God can do for you, there's an envelope in the seat in front of you. You can also use our text to give option, which will be on the screen behind me. And I believe it's FBIC plus the amount to 28950. I look at it enough when I put it on the screen, I should know it by now. You could also go into the EAV, which is the Every Available Voice, for 28950 when you text the amount, FBIC, EAV. If you're watching online, there's also a secure link on buildfaith.net. I'll give you guys a few moments to, to prepare that. Because I know that I'd want to fill out something to get the blessing coming into my life. And that's an extreme blessing. An overflowing blessing. A flooding blessing. I was just sorry, I'm trying to keep a little calm because that's really exciting for me. And if you guys are ready to sow, you can come rejoice. Hallelujah. way for just a moment. A little bit of a hum there. Well, again, it's my honor to be before you this evening. 
Uh, I'm just so honored and blessed that the pastors let me to be up here to serve this. And this has been weighing on my heart for a little bit. And uh, we're going to talk tonight, faith in the word. Faith in the word. In order for us to have faith in the word, we have to examine first what the word is. The word of God is instruction on how we are to live our lives. The word of a God is the word of God is an example of what good is, but there is more to that. Let's go to the book of John. And we're going to go to chapter 1. John chapter 1. And let's go with, start in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. Before I go too much further, when you read the first couple, it tells you what the the word is. And we all know that the word itself is, is Jesus Christ. But I really, and this isn't in my notes, but verse 5 and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not i just like the fact that the darkness doesn't quite understand what the light of the world really is if you guys have ever looked at a match and you light a match and you hold it up with another light behind it shining onto a match there is no shadow of the flame or the light from the match just to show that there is no darkness in that light. Okay? Again, that was not my notes. I just remembered that, so it was kind of exciting. <laughs> we continue. Verse 8. John was saying, He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That light was true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. Jesus was made a man there and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We see here in verse 14 that the word was made flesh. Jesus became man. But we look back to the beginning of the chapter. We see in the beginning that the word, Jesus, and the word was with God, Jesus, was with God. And the word, Jesus, was God. The same that was in the beginning, so he was with God in the beginning. Hold your guys' place here in John. I want to turn to Revelation 19. And this is another brief definition, but I want you to see something. We're going to start in verses 11 and 13. We're going to see the description of the second coming of of Jesus. Verse 11, And I saw the heaven open, and behold, a white horse, 
and he that sat upon it was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed and with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. The Word of God is what he is called. So in that description, it shows not just the Word, okay? Everything in here is the Word. But it just goes to show Jesus is also the Word, the main portion. So let's go back to John. I said, hold your places, and then when I picked up my Bible, it fell apart. So we'll turn to there. Glory to God. Then you're looking at Dave's like, well, how fast is he going? Was that a stall tactic? Maybe. <clears throat> when we look at John 1, and we see in verse 4, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. People, and you can throw other things in it, creatures, insects, things like that, are generally attracted to things that are illuminated, and they take notice of it. Um, growing up as a kid, we lived out on, on, a, on a hill, and I think it was, was it? five, ten acres maybe, ten acres, and uh, just a big place. Well, we had the bug zapper. I thought that was one of the coolest things because, you know, mom would say, go play. So it got dark. Well, when it got dark, that was the fun time because then you could just sit there on the porch and just, just watch it. But you could, you could see, but they were attracted to that light. We'd turn all the other lights off except for the bug zapper so that it would be attracted to the light. Well, Men are attracted and women are attracted to light. And Jesus is light. We just have to make sure that we can shine that light and share that with other people so they can be attracted to that light. I want to take a few moments. Some of these you guys have heard, so it's good to hear some things again. But I want to talk about some of the examples of people who noticed the word and who had faith in the word. So let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 has two great examples, and we're going to cover those. We're going to start in verse 22, and we'll read through 24, and then we'll drop down to 35 through 42 says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers in the synagogue, Jairus was my name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, Jesus' feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and that she may live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. So right here, Jairus knew that if he could get to Jesus and explain his circumstance, he believed that Jesus would be able to do something about it. 
right? Verse 35. While they spake, or while he spake, there came a ruler of that synagogue, and this is just after the woman with the issue of blood. There came a ruler from the synagogue's house, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Only believe. After he suffered, no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Why did he ask those three to go with him? He felt that they were strong in faith. They were strong in faith, so he knew that he would need people strong in faith in this situation with him. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he had come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed at him to scorn. But when he had put them out, he had taken the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered into the damsel where she was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and saying to her, Talithia kuma, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway, immediately, the damsel arose and walked, for she was the age of 12 years old. We see Jairus had faith in Jesus to heal his daughter who was sick. She was so sick she was at the point to death. In fact, she actually died while he was talking to Jesus. Jairus had an option here, as do we. He had a choice to make. Does he sit there and grieve? Does he sit there and weep? Does he mourn for the death of his daughter? Or does he follow the words of the master and follow the word be not afraid, only believe. He chose to have faith in the word. Let's look at another example in there in Mark 5, verses 25 through 34. And a certain woman which had, been, had an issue of blood 12 years had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had I was rather uh, was another uh, was no excuse me was no, nothing bettered but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, came in and pressed behind and touched his garment, for she said, "If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole." And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about him in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, and I could see the looks on their face, there are so many people around you. Who are you talking touched your clothes? Everybody has touched your clothes. Wow, what's he thinking? Can't you see... The multitude throng here and saith, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, 
thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Here is another example. This woman was ill. She had been through everything that she could possibly do. And to touch base on what Brother Jim was saying, she probably was trying to do everything she could do to think for herself. What could she do to fix the problem? What could she do? She spent all of her money trying to fix a problem. But she, she didn't get better. She actually got worse from that. The key part is when she heard of Jesus. So there's the light. The little switch came on. The light bulb came on, right? When she heard of the light or when she heard the word, she went into action. She was displaying her faith in the word by saying if she could just get close enough to the word, close enough to Jesus to touch him, just to touch his clothing, she would be healed. She made a choice. She could have stayed home. She could have said, oh, woe is me. But no, she made a choice. I am going to go find this Jesus. And if I could just get close enough to touch his garments, I know I will be healed. She made the choice. She had the faith in the word. Let's go to chapter 8 in the book of Matthew. through uh, verses 5 through 10. This is uh, regarding the Saturian. And when Jesus went entered into Capernaum, there came up unto him a Saturian, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. I have in my notes right beside it. It says, Jesus is willing. Jesus is willing to do that. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. This centurion made a decision. His servant was sick. His servant was very ill. And he sought out Jesus. He sought out the word. Knowing that if he just went there and explained his situation, all Jesus had to do was to say that my servant was healed. Jesus was willing to go with him. Jesus was willing to go do whatever he needed to do to heal his servant. But the centurion said, all you need to do is just speak the word, and he would be healed. 
speak the word, and he would be healed. He was, a, he was an example of a man that had faith in the word. In fact, the word himself called it great faith. Now, I know that we've went over these stories in the past. You just heard me go over them again. And you might be thinking, okay, how do I have that kind of faith? Or why is it so important to have faith in the Word? Well, let's go back once again to the book of John. I want to revisit that. So let's go to John chapter 3. We're going to read, once again, 16 and 17. For God so loved the word, or the world, excuse me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God showed faith in his son. God showed faith in Jesus. God showed faith in the word that he sent him to the earth so that we could be saved and we could enter into the kingdom of God. God sowed Jesus into our lives so that we have an opportunity to live eternally with him. Thank you, Lord. Again, God has faith in the word. We need to make sure that we have faith in the word. We need to apply the word to every aspect of our life. We need to apply the word to our health. We need to apply the word to our finances. We need to apply the word to our families, our jobs, anything that is something that needs to be fixed, something that is broken, something that's not broken, something that is running great, whatever the case may be, we should apply the word to it. There is not a single circumstance that the word cannot be applied to it. The word is stronger than any circumstance. Now, what are we supposed to do with this information about the word? Let's go to James chapter 1. I hope you guys are getting something out of this because I, even though I've went over this several times, I'm getting more and more out of it every time I look at it. Let's go to verse 22. But be, you, uh, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, Deceiving your own selves. We are to be doers of the word. We are to do what Jesus does. We are to do what Jesus did. We are to go be doers of the word and follow that in our lives step for step. We are also supposed to do what it says in Mark 4.14. Let's go over there.
know you guys might be excited because this is coming close to an end. I'm sitting here looking at this. I was like, man, I'm glad there's not a clock to look at. And then I bring my phone up. I'm like, wow, I'm really talking fast. And then I'm like, no, I'm trying to slow it down. But anyway, <laughs> I might have the record tonight, Jim. So just I'm working on it. We're, get, we're getting better as we move forward. So. <laughs> I remember that class. That was quick. So anyway, (laughs) Mark chapter 4 and verse 14. Very simple. The sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. We are supposed to sow the word. We are to tell the world about Jesus. We need to share with others why we have faith in the word. I know that we've had a a word over this house and pastors have said that people are coming. People are going to come to fill these seats. And that's true. They are coming. But we can't just sit back and expect them to walk through the doors at any moment. We might have to put a little work into it. We might have to go out there to fill this church and let people know of the word. You have opportunities daily to speak the word over somebody or something in a circumstance. I have an example because I train people to drive trucks. They can't run from me. (laughs) So I can find that moment to start talking about it. I'm like, you need to concentrate on driving too, but you're going to listen to what I say. And I joked around with Michelle a little bit about this because my last training was a guy from England, and I was praying that when I got up here, I didn't translate some of this into an English accent all of a sudden and start talking about things and start calling things they weren't. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's a spanner again? He just give me the wrench, give me the wrench. I'm like, okay, okay. So, but anyway, we have to share the word. We have to have faith in the word. This church will be filled when we act upon what the word has told us to do in Mark 16 and verse 15. Let's go to Mark 16 and 15. And here he was speaking. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's a mission statement. That's what we're supposed to do. We are to go Preach the gospel to every creature, big, small, whatever. If you need practice, go find a statue. They won't say much. They can't disagree with you, but you can try working on that. I've tried it. It helps build confidence, let me tell you. (laughs) This is a long journey for us all. The longest journey begins with a single step. You could even say you have to have a step of faith in order to do this. We cannot be afraid or reluctant to spread the word. Go to Romans chapter 1 with me.
Let's look at verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The time is closing in on the return of our king. But until he comes, we can start preparing for his glorious appearing by spreading the gospel and the news of the word. Be creative to find ways to start conversations. Again, I can go back to the statue over there. Start with that. Try things out on them. They're not going to laugh at you. They're not going to give you any back talk at all. But that's an opportunity. It's like, you yeah, know, that, that sounded good. No, that didn't sound good at all. Let's <laughs> scratch that one, take some notes or whatever. But You can't accomplish anything by doing nothing. We have to be doing something. You can't accomplish anything by doing nothing. My family, we have the opportunity every day to build our faith in the word and have opportunity to build someone else's faith in the word. Don't look back thinking, I could have done more. Instead, ask yourself, what more can I do for the kingdom? I'm hoping that this helped everybody this evening. I know that it helped me. I know it was brief. That's how I am. I'm brief, but I get to the point. It's very simple. When you teach somebody something, it's better to just tell them what you're supposed to do and make them do it. I'm not making you do it, but you see where I'm going with this. It's to the point. This is how you have to do it. There's a reason why you do it this way, and I'm telling you that's the way to do it. If we go by the word, it tells us what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it. All we have to do is follow it. Amen? Amen? All right. If everyone would stand with me this evening before we close.